I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Welcome to Mutant Ages in the Morning. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. What is this show? Uh, this show is where we review and watch every adaptation of the X-Men and talk about how gay all of them are, except this week... We are reading all of your listener questions coming to us from the email, from the Discord, from the Twitterverse, from I don't know if there are other places we get questions. Well, we have a couple of people who can call in because that is something you can do here on the show. That's true. We have a voicemail inbox. So we're doing all of that. We're answering your questions. We're hearing from those of you who hate Apocalypse and those of you who love him. This is the, the show. Here we go. Welcome. Back when we were young. previously on this week it's just going to be Thank us goodness. reading questions we didn't have to watch anything we can just sit back and unload all of our feelings that's true that's true <laughs> we can do that listener, oh, we, we can't we can as if we never do that on this show I regardless know, like, if there's a listener show mail. now is just diversions <laughs> about high school that i like decide most of the time to keep in like you know what here's what the, show is here's the thing though those are the pieces that people seem, our listeners seem to like the most. People loved the milk story from okay. last time. I just want to, I'm just going to follow up and say there was like more milk stories after that that I remembered. There's like we another don't need scenario. We to talk about the, the number of times We have to that... finish the milk trilogy, which. Okay. What is the third example? Well, the I third example, like the this. third example is the first one, because in terms of chronological order, it was Wait, like. what? There was the time the milk spilled at Demon, the Demon party yes. there was that yes. and then there's the one we talked about with glados and the milk flying everywhere there was a separate milk one when i was like 14 talking to you on aim and you were like <laughs> messaging me being like ryan where are you and i was drinking a glass of milk and you said something and you need me to answer and instead of just putting a glass down i just dropped it so i could answer oh, the I text i do remember that the text, one the message. i do remember you yeah, text message Spilling because milk we were texting. Everywhere. No, yeah. AOL I am. Yeah. I do remember you just dropping the glass of milk. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see it, but I can see it in my mind's eye. Oh, you oh it totally it. happened. And also you were like, Ryan, why did you just, why did you put it down? <laughs> All right. Anyway, I feel like my other key memory from that time period. I don't know why I'm even we, we have so much to get to. And I'm like, let's tell more memories of I was in middle school was <laughs> you and I on the phone while you were signing into AIM and you said your password out loud to me on the phone <laughs> as you typed it in. And you did not know that you did that. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, because then you waited like a really long time before you signed into my account. Yes, because I was like. <laughs> 
I, I was sitting there silently on the phone. I was like, I wonder if Ryan knows he just said his password out loud as he typed it in. And I'm pretty sure. Well, I won't say what the password is. You can't because I'm never going to use it again. It was really stupid. <laughs> it was five syllables or symbols. And it was Pika one. Like, it was P-I-K-A one. <laughs> and you said that out loud as you typed it in. And then like weeks later, I logged into your account and I was like, hi, I'm Ryan or whatever. And like fucked with you in some way because you had 60 AIM accounts. So oh, I like right, waited. Because I was probably on I a different AIM account. until you signed into a different account. And then I logged in as you and talked to you. And you were like, how did you know what my password <laughs> was? And I was like, Ryan, you said it to me. Well, don't worry. Pika is not used in any way current passwords. Not that it could because now whenever you try to create yeah, a password, they're like... Yeah, if you put in like, Pika 1, it would be like, that's not enough characters. That's yeah, be like, too You need more characters guess. and more numbers and more symbols and there needs to be at least three capital letters just randomly in there but it can't be at the beginning or in the middle or the end no no god no anyway um this is our show i'm gonna cut all that out no this is our you show. say that every year i mean every year every day every and you year. never do that okay so we we're gonna the read some annually. first up top i just want to say thank you to everyone who tuned in for the holiday live stream and if you yes. were able to make a donation thank you for that thank it was you really so wonderful much. to have you all there so thank you we thank haven't you, thank recorded you. it yet as we do this episode but we can only assume oh it God, went I was great gonna, i was trying to not reveal that but okay everyone knows whatever <laughs> it's fine people okay. know we record this in advance but i'm excited for it and i i hope it went great and we thank you so much for for joining us for that yeah do you remember that time during the uh holiday special this year when <laughs> i was when like you had a glass of milk and oh <laughs> <laughs> that was for santa Okay, if so, uh, so I'm sure somebody will have a glass of milk if there's cookies involved, but we're not I even know. planning cookies, so whatever. Why are well, we okay? This is like the worst time travel is real story. <laughs> Let's do some listener mail. Yes. Okay. So coming from the Twitterverse, we have Ken who writes in and says, I'm listening to the Red Dawn review. I am surprised that you hadn't mentioned the Americans and acclaimed Cold War series that took place in the mid 80s and how this episode foresaw Putin's ambition to reunite the Soviet satellite states. Mm-hmm. And then follow up. I've always thought that Omega Red was a cool looking character and some writers wrote s- such a compelling side of him. Arkady, that's his last name, was this Soviet mutant who hated his death spore power for obvious reasons. The Kremlin turned him into a mainly cold blooded killer. Okay, so those are are two points Very cool ideas about Arkady. Is that his last name? The character's last name? Arkady. Oh, sorry. It's his first name. It's not his last name. Well, his full name is like Arkady Gregorovich Rosovich. Of course. Gregorovich Arkady Gregorovich. Thank you. I do. I am not Russian. I'm not even going to try that. I am. In Soviet Russia, Red Omega's you. Um, Yeah. He he is a cool character and we were disappointed. As for the Americans, I don't know if you've ever watched this show. I I liked that show. I'm totally unfamiliar with this so you'll have to give me a rundown it was a cool show well it's about uh these two spies and yeah it's set in the 80s they're russian spies and they're living in america posing as regular day-to-day americans but they're their communist leanings are actually pretty sympathetic and they're portrayed as such on the show like even though they're spying on other americans and they're constantly in danger of being caught uh they're very compelling characters i mean also it's just a pretty good like historical view into the cold war for those of us who weren't alive for most of it um i mean obviously we you and i were alive in the 80s but we weren't adults yeah we weren't understanding what was happening then we were like little tiny children who are running around with walkie talkies and nintendos (laughs) 
yeah, we didn't really know what's going on. So from that vantage point, it's cool to watch. It's also just like a fun thriller. But yeah, I I mean, if somebody's like really into an actual Cold War, like it's not a docudrama. It's just a straight doc- drama, but it's historical fiction. Um, and uh, they want to learn more about it. I, I thought that show was really good. That is not even close to the level of political commentary or history that X-Men the Animated Series was attempting to do because Russia just gets destroyed by Wolverine in that episode, as I recall. I don't think... Uh, well, no, Omega Red does it, right? Doesn't he, like, destroy a bunch of stuff and then it's never acknowledged? Yeah, it's Omega Red. Wolverine, I don't think, is in that episode. I know. I, no, I, he, he, is, is, he, he is. He is. He is. Because he's all like, he remembers Omega Red. And then there's the submarine later, right? Isn't the submarine episode a separate episode and then they have to kill Omega Red in the submarine and Storm gets claustrophobic? I remember liking parts of that episode. I mean, it was clunky. It was clunky. But But largely thinking Omega Red was uh, tragically not developed. I think it's just unfortunate that Omega Red in all these incarnations that he's had on these TV shows has not been written very well or like... Yeah. Or like, I wouldn't say written very well. I just feel like they haven't spent enough time exploring who that character is because I also find him interesting and i also like his design like i had a little omega red figurine growing up and Mm -hmm. i thought it was hella cool i thought i liked his little octopus tentacles that he'd always wrap around wolverine in a sexual manner and (laughs) i don't know he just seems like he seems interesting and i feel like he deserves this potential there right i don't know what's going to happen in the new 97 series or the mcu but i kind of hope we get to see isn't he dead though i don't think he's going to come back i don't think he can no he was just left at the bottom of a submarine that fell into the ocean like that's okay i same diff right i don't think they're going to bring him back i feel like that is just not a villain they gotta gotta bring him back so he could team up with fucking dracula (laughs) who has the machine that he's been looking for his whole life (laughs) yeah you're right what am i saying um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's the ship that we've been waiting this whole time to happen. Finally, Dracula and Omega Red. Yeah, it's Omega Red slash Dracula, just like Xander slash Dracula. I hope Dracula's on the show. You know, we gotta get oh Dracula God, you, in no, there. No, I hope not. Dracula was already on that <laughs> shitty Avengers cartoon that I did I not know. like. I was like, it was I episode know. three. They're like, here's Dracula. And it was like, why? Why? <laughs> Anyway, this person, uh, I agree with them. It would be cool if there was an Americans flavored version of Omega Red on the show, but there's not. We'll we'll eventually see some version of him that we'll like. So okay, so this is from Minus Golgarifield. That's a good attempt. Good attempt. Golgarifield minus. Everyone's Russian today. Okay, so they wrote. I'm way behind on the mutant ages, so maybe I shouldn't even be writing in the listener mail section. You know what, Minus? It's all good. Don't worry about it. We want you to go back and listen to the old episodes. (laughs) Yeah, that's all good. Okay, I'm at episode 25, which is Beauty and the Beast. And I wanted to say that the animated series Beast has always been my favorite X-Man. I just love that he's big and furry and gentle and extremely pretentious. Oh, I love it too. (laughs) We love it. We love it too. But also like just for himself, because no one's impressed by his ability to quote, he just loves doing it. It's really silly that in this episode, they do the whole blind girlfriend trope, which is always so ridiculous because like uh, he's furry and probably smells not like a normal human. (laughs) And also if she touched him. I know, I know. I mean, hence the he's furry part of the sentence. Like she would hold his hand and be like, um, this is like a very is this, hairy is this lumberjack Bigfoot? man. Like, what's happening? Yeah. yeah. Which led me to a new idea that I really like. Coming off of the idea that you guys had at the time of an episode that's just Storm and Jubilee going to the mall and listening to music and hanging out, I want an episode that shows what Beast's grooming regime must be. Oh, my God. Because seriously, that's a lot of work. And he's too much of a gentleman to go around stinking with matted fur. 
And then I thought what I would really want for Beast would be to have a kind partner who will help him groom because he probably has to do a ton of work grooming and it's very lonely. But if someone helped him, I think it would be a very meaningful way to build trust and comfort. So yeah, those are my thoughts about that. I really love your podcast, (laughs) even though I'm just 25 episodes in. Thank you for writing it. Thank you so much. Mine is Golgara Field. I think this email rules. I can't imagine Wolverine doing this for Beast. Wolverine cannot even groom himself. He can't groom himself. So he wouldn't be capable of doing this i am trying to think of someone who could do this for beast and i don't know I would, gambit I would, no gambit would not i guess but it doesn't need to be like another it man it could be, be a girl man. it could be like yeah, it could be i feel like if he were to date emma frost she would want him to get groomed but she would like send him somewhere to get groomed and be like i'm not brushing <laughs> you See, this is why it wouldn't work out between them. I feel like Storm could probably help him. She's always like the fashionista on every version of Storm. Um, she's a very late 90s fashionista on X-Men Evolution. Yeah, but like Storm and Beast like are not a couple that I could yeah. ever oh, imagine. Oh, no, I don't mean it in a romantic way at all. I mean, like they are hanging out and they're like doing each other's nails and like having a little sleepover. All right, so here's, here's a theory. I don't know if this would really work, but like just hang on with me for a second so i love this because of krakoa but i've become very into the idea of like beast and forge dating because they're both super nerds and they're working together all the time they're both science nerds and i would i I would assume that forge would probably build him something that he could help like he'd be like i care about you so i'm gonna build you something with my super brain that will help you groom (laughs) that will like like i love it you know like like some type of like hot comb but it's like i don't know a cyber comb and like that's what works to like tame beasts fur i know right they use it together they use this like sexy cyber comb together you know what that's fucking adorable i love that my other theory is that bobby would do it and because i think bobby would do it if he was dating beast i think he would yes he would be grooming him and brushing him and And then there wouldn't be anything high tech about it for them they would just be doing it romantically right they'd be having a great conversation conversation with each other and then be then Iceman will be like well i gotta go i don't know do an x mission and be gay somewhere and beast is like okay and like Iceman leaves and then beast looks in the mirror and realizes that bobby has only just like braided all of his hair (laughs) (laughs) i love that oh they would be cute together i can't i mean it's too bad beast isn't like canonically gay in the comics but i feel like there's a good chance for him to be somewhat Bye. queer i don't know it's like yeah. we're in the crack age where at least once a week we get a new character that comes out of the closet in some form so yeah just yeah, give it time I know. anything could happen right i know oh my I know. god i love this i love this email uh thanks so much to minus and also by the way anybody can send in a listener mail at any time i don't mind I think it's great. Okay, so our next email is from Elena, who has written in with another one of her famous letters where she gives us comments and pictures from an episode. Yes, screenshots. Yes. It's always an illustrated email. It's always it, I beautiful. Love it. I love it. And this is from Dark Horizons, I think part one, but it might be parts one and two. So I guess we'll mm-hmm. find out. So she writes, <laughs> while the Dark Horizon duo of episodes didn't have a lot to recommend in it, I did love the Kitty and Colossus scenes, especially Colossus' pouty and self-conscious face when he admits he was worried about Kitty and Kurt, and then she includes <laughs> she like... She took a picture of it, and it's like an emoji of the sad face is like what his mouth is. It's just like a little like upside-down semicircle where he's like... Remember when he walked in, he's, he's so like, cute. he's like, I grew concerned. Yes, <laughs> so I walked yes. through the wall. Oh my god. 
I also, also, I feel like you missed the blatant sexual tension between Quicksilver and her favorite flaming Aussie. Patrick took every chance he could to get his hands on Pyro, including one holding it up with his hands on his ass. Wait, what? Okay, oh my god, that yes! is true. That is true. That is oh true. My god. I can't deny this. Um, this is an actual. I gotta save this and put it on the Mutant Ages Twitter. Wow. I think it's because Pyro annoys us, so we just like weren't even paying attention to that. But it is also true that the two of them like skip away holding hands at one point. Do you Quick remember Silver that? Part? has his hand on Pyro's butt in this shot. I'm not even kidding. I'm gonna put this on the social media. Oh my god. She follows this up with a saying, and two, making sure to rescue him in the nick of time after everyone else ran away so they could have some one-on-one time after Pyro's second failed attempt at burninating burninating the endless statue (laughs) minions. He does. He's saving him. It's You're cute. right. He does save him. I feel like I missed this entirely because I was too irritated by this episode. Okay, you That's know what? Shout out to Elena. Uh, we missed Elena's this. got better gaydar than we do sometimes. <laughs> sometimes she does. Sometimes uh, she does. She finishes this by saying, I really wish Rogue Kitty and Pietro could have all had brunch and mimosas together while gossiping about how they are all dating one of Magneto's boy band members. That would actually be a lot of fun. They should and they may in the future. I mean, they won't actually in the show because the show is going to end in six episodes, but... I don't know. We're getting X-Men 97. What if we got X-Men Evolution 2009? Ugh, you keep saying this and it breaks my heart a little more every time. I know. I want it so bad, Ryan. I know you do. But it's not going to happen. We both want it so bad. We both want it so bad. It's only because we're watching X-Men Evolution right now and we know that the next season is going to just let us down and twist the knife but this well, is fun. i don't think it's gonna let us down i think we're gonna enjoy everything up to the last two episodes that's what yeah I but then those happen. last two episodes are gonna be like bye. bye here's the stuff that we were gonna make but couldn't bye yeah <laughs> that's gonna be disappointing oh well anyway um we didn't pay enough attention to dark horizon because it was just statues over and over again, but shout out to Elena for paying attention to this little ship we missed. Uh, much appreciated. All right. So our next question is from Brock, who sends a lighthearted and fun question that says, you have to pick one mutant villain who will always show up to ruin your birthday, not necessarily through <laughs> bloody violence like Sabretooth, and one mutant hero who will save the day and defend you so your birthday isn't ruined. Who do you pick? Okay. Okay, you're gonna pick Mr. Sinister, so I. <laughs> we, but like, can't. Is he sh- but I feel like he's the right answer. Is I the feel thing. like if I have Mr. Sinister show up, I don't feel like that's something I don't want to see happen. I know. <laughs> I feel like he's the correct answer because he would ruin your birthday in a hilarious, self-aggrandizing way that would be all about him, but it would be really funny and it might like improve the party in some way. And also, while I'm picking for you, you want Emma Frost to defend you, <laughs> no? I don't know. I I feel like I need Wolverine. I mean, to you defend probably me. want Wolverine, but like Wolverine is not going to be very useful against Mister Sinister. I guess I guess I'll say I want Emma to defend me because I feel like she would just do a good job oh, and wait, also wait, be wait, hilarious. I thought, like I thought you were gonna say I want Emma to be the villain who shows up and the hero who saves me. Okay, well I was I. That's actually a good point. I could have <laughs> picked her as the villain. I didn't think about that because it's Emma. She really swings both ways. What about Magneto? Is he a hero or a villain? Okay, are any of these? 
character's heroes are villains. Hold on. So I thought about Magneto too. I thought about a lot of things in the past five seconds. Um, I thought about <laughs> Magneto too as the You're villain. Like thinking about but what you want to eat for dinner tonight. I think I gotta go sinister, even though we're both picking the same villain, because Magneto ruining my birthday not fun. I'm sorry, but like he would take it really seriously, and he'd be like, Oh no, he would be very dramatic about it. Hey, I'm here to remind you of the Holocaust and bigotry and how bad your life is, and like I'd be like Magneto, why you fucking do this every year? <laughs> All right, what if I'm I just didn't... trying to celebrate my life, man? <laughs> and he'd be like, "No, you're crying now because you're upset." And I'd be like, "Fuck you, man!" And like, there's no defense to that. It would be like all of those parties we had in our early twenties, where everybody would start strong and then be sobbing by the end of it because everybody just fought. be crying. Oh, and like everybody would be fighting with each other over nothing. Like, no. Listen, I do not miss my early twenties where every party would start off with some happiness and drinking, and then involve everybody screaming and sobbing at each other. Like, I yeah, I'm I mean, glad. Those days are to over. To clarify, that also happened at parties where there was no drinking whatsoever. Like just, just in case anybody thought the drinking part of that was the problem, it wasn't. We were all just very emotional people and screamed <laughs> a lot. But anyway, the point is, I don't think I want Magneto. I think he would actually like for real ruin my birthday in like an existential sense, and I don't need the additional baggage there. Um, so I'm gonna go sinister all the way. Yeah, Maddie already doesn't like celebrating her birthday as is. I really don't. So it's like fine with me if Mr. Sinister wants to show up and have a blast. And what if what if Mystique showed up? Oh, well, okay. Mystique is another formidable villain where if she wanted to ruin my birthday, she could really do some damage, like psychologically. <laughs> like, what if Mystique showed up like disguised as a different person you know every oh year? Oh my god, she would be creating so much drama. And like fucked with you and fucked up the whole Mystique party. would show up to your birthday and she would be turning into everyone and be like, Did you hear what this person said about yes. you? Like the entire time until everybody would be fighting each other, and then she'd be like Maybe that was what happened at our parties in our twenties. <laughs> Right, and then she would turn around to Rogue and be like, see, Rogue, you can't trust any of these people. Okay, but apparently Rogue is at the party, so she's going to fucking save me at the end, so it would be fine. <laughs> All right, so we're both answering that it's Mr. Sinister that we want to because save us. I just think it would be funny, and whatever he okay, wants to do Okay, but if Mr. Is Sinister fine. is showing up, we don't need to be saved by him, so it's actually fine if Logan went to fight him, and Mr. Sinister just, like beats him up and Logan's clothes fall off and like I'm like well Mr. Sinister is here and Logan's naked I can't really lose <laughs> yeah honestly every single year that's not bad that never gets old like everything you just said pretty great party I, I can't think of any other characters like I definitely would not want Mojo to show up because he would oh, just God. make it about what he wanted and that and I don't want Xavier who I am counting as a villain to show up <laughs> yeah me too I first thought of Xavier <laughs> and I was like I really don't need somebody mind wiping everyone at my birthday no i don't he would ruin my birthday and i don't want him to come i don't want him to come although ever. if emma frost was the person to save us from xavier like it, that would be okay that would be kind of fun like you know emma owning xavier every single year but it would get old i think you know like it would get tiring yeah what about apocalypse if he showed up to your birthday no. just no. no straight no I, that's not even i don't even know why you said that i don't know who that is <laughs> Well, that's all the villains here on Yeah, that's it. Here we go. That's all of them. I like how none of us wanted Sabretooth. We didn't even think about that. We're just like... I mean, we could have said Omega Red. We were just talking about him. I actually wouldn't mind him. No, but it was always, always going to be Mr. Sinister. There's no other options. It was always him. You know that's the answer, Brock. You asked us so that we would talk about Mr. Sinister for 10 minutes and we have delivered. You're welcome. So next we have a two-part email from my sister, (laughs) Mink who has been re-listening and watching X-Men TAS, and I'm guessing that's what this email is about. Uh, So, 
Mink writes, hi, Maddie and Ryan. You sound just like I her. finally got access to Disney Plus, which I'd been avoiding because Ugh Monopolies. But now I can finally watch the X-Men animated series episodes. Somehow, despite being Maddie's sister, I never saw any of this show when it was airing. I think I was going to a different school when I got home later and wasn't able to sneak as much TV during the mid 90s. So Mink, I, I couldn't watch it either. I had to watch it with Ryan and Katie. I We didn't have access to this show, period. But you had access to like the comics, right? Yeah. I remember you knew who Jean Grey was already because you had some comic books somehow i don't know if they were yours or if you like read somebody else's no i had comics i had comics but i didn't have i didn't watch the show okay anyway so mink continues i wanted to re-listen to ryan's character spotlights now that i know the x-men cast better and as i was listening from the beginning i realized i could actually watch the tas episodes now if anyone else wants to do this i recommend listening to the mutant ages recap first then watch the episode and then finish the podcast for politics and spotlight and who's gay This way, if you mention anything extremely silly about the episode, I'll know what to look for. And later on, when the show expires off of Hulu and you don't have subtitles anymore, I can watch the subtitles and figure out the missing dialogue. Like Cable seeking Bishop's, quote, aura, not oil or oral. (laughs) Why did we just just put on the captions like Mink dead? (laughs) Because, Ryan, you've forgotten that we had to pirate the show before Disney existed. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. Anyway. And then her other example is the Australian Reaver saying converge on target unintelligibly in the Lady Deathstrike. Oh, we have no clue what he was saying. That's right. Uh, and she says, then after I've seen the episode for myself, I get to enjoy your commentary on it. I was going to send notes on all the dialogue that's hard to understand. But then I noticed previous reader mail segments where some folks had already done that. And of course, anyone who's actually listening from the beginning for the first time won't hear my email for ages if you read it on an episode in 2021. On a personal note, when we made the D-Men movies, I absolutely enjoyed playing Mystic despite being pretty ignorant about the X-Men comics. It's been really fun to get to know Mystique so much better through your show. I'm unlikely to get into the comics, so I really appreciate the insight into her character so I can better understand this being that I have a strange, tenuous connection to. (laughs) I've enjoyed comics and graphic novels, but audiobooks are the main thing I have time for lately. I haven't seen any X-Men movies since Days of Future Past. That makes sense. You got a baby. Which sounds like I made a wise decision, though I still need to see Logan. That's true. Uh, attached is a photo screenshot from the scene of Wolverine making a salami sandwich and Cyclops asking for some. And for some reason, the subtitles on Disney Plus have the description caption of exclaims appreciatively. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy best mink, a.k.a. mystic, a.k.a. Senator Kelly is dead. Yes. Scott saunters in and Logan's just like, do you want a salami sandwich? Yeah, Logan. (laughs) I think this is when Gene is dead and the two of them are just eating salami together. Do you remember that episode? Okay, this is when we had that theory that Logan and Cyclops were fucking during the period of time that Gene was dead. Yes. And like yes. how much more interesting the story would be if that was canon. Like not even because I we know. want it to be gay. I completely agree. It's more interesting. But like that way. So think about it, like these two men who really love Gene Loved Gene and wanted to be stepped on, and they're both kind of switches and they're willing to step on each other because they hate and love each other so but much. I, I also think like emotionally that they both lose this person that they both know how each other feel to the point where they grow a very close friendship that becomes a relationship i think that would be a really good story to tell i don't really think it's like i don't really not even like try to highlight that it would be gay or they are fucking i just think it would be a good story i agree i mean just the fact that they're two men is sort of beside the point i just think it's a really interesting story about the two of them right. and at this point i kind of consider it canon because in krakoa the three of them are in sort of a oh, perpetual man, power I trio. i'm just waiting for the one panel that shows them like 
all sort of naked in bed together yes yeah. i just i'm waiting for that moment like i don't i, know. I don't know Everyone what is. it's gonna be i th- we're all on the edge of our seats it's gonna be like the very last thing jonathan hickman does before he leaves and lets the next <laughs> showrunner is take Logan over and scott kissing while gene cracks a whip in the background okay yeah, I, really, I, mean, I don't that's... think it's that but it would be pretty amazing <laughs> if it was that also okay uh let's finish mick's second part of this email where she okay. writes a few more thoughts hopefully before the li- the next listener mail app i had thought your impression of cyclops was hilarious but over the top until i watched cold comfort and orphans end turns out scott really is that whiny good grief <laughs> the sarcastic dad lines so funny as a new watcher i think i noticed things that you don't because they just seem normal to you specifically why is cyclops name and comic freaking sans font in the intro picture attached and it really is <laughs> It I is. don't. Because is a nerd, and Comic Sans is like what his font would be. You know, the know. other day, Katie was like, "I liked Comic Sans. I used it all the time when I was in eighth grade." And I was like, "Yeah, Katie, that's when you use it, though, is when you're in eighth grade." You know. But also, like back in eighth grade, we only had eight fonts, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there's also that. And one of them was Comic Sans, and one of them was Papyrus. Which, yes, those are overused fonts because everyone had fun <laughs> using them when they were in eighth grade. That's yeah. how it was. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Anyway, she continues. I also watched through the Nightcrawler episode. Maddie is right that they say the town differently every time. Also, it doesn't <laughs> exist. It's called New Herzl. I confirmed it on a couple of wikis. <laughs> also, I suspected the Juggernaut episode would make more sense with the previously on X-Men segment, and I'm right. It shows him getting thrown into sea, and then I think a new part where he starts glowing and walking through the ocean. Without the context, mm. the opening is really confusing. I also yes. feel like they didn't air those episodes in the correct order. I agree, but I feel like the fact that Juggernaut was walking back to Xavier the whole time is still so cool that I'm like sad we missed it at the time, you know? Like it's Can you imagine him just like stomping through the ocean? Like just stomping through the ocean. Like it's actually the best. Like it kind of retroactively makes that my favorite episode in a way. What if Juggernaut showed up on your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Go back around. Xavier shows yes! up. Juggernaut shows up to kill him. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. That's uh, so it's like I kind of want Juggernaut to be there because we have something in common with him where we both we hate Xavier. We do. And then he can stick around for the rest of the party. And that's fine with me. Uh, <laughs> but I still feel like it's hard to beat Mr. Sinister. But that could be like the runner uh, Well, Mr. Sinister would be doing some like campy Rocky Horror shit in the background. Maybe Mr. Sinister is just genuinely invited as a guest. And like he's just <laughs> also there for all of that. And he's just sitting there making like witty commentary about all everything that's happening. And he's like, he's like taking out a microphone and his clones are doing the color commentary. Oh my God. What a good party. It's so him. And oh, oh, by the way, at this party, Fred Dukes is the bartender. Oh my God. Yes. Fred, I got to go to Fred to talk about my feelings when everybody starts fighting. I like, I like how before we even formally invite people to the party, we're like, okay. We're inviting the X-Men? Yeah. Because we, we aren't inviting anyone we know. No, we're, we're like, we're going to invite people to our birthday party. And we're just like... First, before we even invite people, we have to make sure that Fred Dukes and Mr. Sinister can be there. Yeah, right off the cuff. And then we have to make sure Xavier gets killed by his brother who hates him. Uh, those are That's the party activities. <laughs> we have to make sure that Xavier does not come. We're like, Emma, please block him out from finding. Okay, let me finish this email. <laughs> I haven't checked to confirm this, but I noticed that in the animated series, they say ex-Xavier like Ryan does. I wonder if in the live action movies, they say Xavier like Maddie does. 
I haven't had mm-hmm. time to watch them again. I'm wondering if having different intro point impacts how you say the name. Okay, here's something else I've noticed about that. I say Professor Xavier or Xavier. I don't say Professor Xavier. I never say that. That's funny. You do do that. I just say Xavier. I don't even like know, waste time. Which he I doesn't... think is actually correct. Professor. I think I'm wrong. I think I'm, I think I'm supposed to be saying Xavier. And I like how it's funny that Xavier's name is pronounced differently all over the place and he doesn't correct anyone. That's really what I want to point out. <laughs> it's actually shocking that he doesn't correct anyone. I mean, I, yeah, right. I point out to people you when think they he would enjoy pronounce my last name wrong, which we've discussed on the show is always yeah. pronounced incorrectly. Yeah, it's pronounced Pagialia. We've gone over it so many times. Mink follows up with, lastly, (laughs) wow, the episodes are in a wildly different order at the end of season three and beginning of season four. I had thought Disney was following air date and it was syncing with your order, but now it's not. Thanks, Mink. (laughs) I know, I know, Mink. Because as soon as Disney launched and we started watching the episodes on there, we were like, wow, uh, we need to continue following our order like we have been. And it's so much more complicated now because we had to like skip around in order to keep up with the air date because we were doing air air order at we the were time. we were i don't know why we did that i think it was because it was because the episodes that we got illicitly happened to be an air order and so that was what we were well doing. maybe we did but i think once when we were doing it we're like okay let's just go with it and since then yeah. since we've had it on a like permanent streaming service we've also been like for example we're like let's do cruise control before we finish season three because it makes more sense yeah we tried to do it in a more logical order rather than air order but also to be honest like it was easier for me to look at x-men evolution and be like i know that these episodes are out of order and i know that it's easy for me to tell because i know the plot and it's pretty consistent where x-men the animated series yeah who fucking did so many plots that were so fast which is why i'm kind of hoping that 97 is a little bit slower yeah or like uh, just a little more coherent in terms of like tying up each plot line yeah well i mean like they always did previously on the x-men which was very helpful but again it was like a lot of information like pressed into a tiny period of time so i don't know we'll see what happens yeah i'm looking forward to it yeah me too and thanks to mink for those emails by the way those were both really fun she also messaged us personally said if we ever make demon 3 she's in so Oh, well, duh. Of course. I know. Yeah. Everybody's in. Everybody's in. There's no question. Oh, I know. I know. Even Rye was like, yeah, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, everyone's just waiting for the call. Like, you and I need to, like, work out that script. Like, it's just a matter of time. I feel like it's time to make it happen soon because every other TV show and movie in existence is getting a sequel that was created 20 years ago. And I feel like that that is like exactly that's not (laughs) you're saying that as though D man and D two are movies that people are like, when is the third one? Coming okay, well, out? for like, anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, Demon is on our YouTube channel, and it's the it is we like X Men we quote unquote parody we made in our teens, and you can go watch <laughs> yeah. us react to it. It does have like two thousand views, so like two thousand people at least watched it, which is really funny because in high school I was like, and I'm the director of the famous online movie Demon, except it wasn't online or famous, but now it kind of wasn't is. online. So that's funny. Now it kind of is. Now it kind of is. All right, Here we so. Go. Not Mr. Sinister writes in about mutant gods, in which they say, as in the as in the Marvel universe, gods exist. Do you think it that if Krakura were to keep going, they would eventually create mutant gods, or maybe some mm. dead mutants that couldn't be resurrected or whatever reason would be deified? Like, deified? deified. Deified. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So in the other podcast that we have, Warcraft Valley, that I read with Katie, and we read our old terrible X Men fan fictions. We did kind of create 
a side story where there's sort of this cult that worshiped the Phoenix after Jean was dead. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's an obvious answer because yeah. like in current Krakoa comics, there's this whole plot where they're trying to sort of turn it around now where everybody hates on Wanda. So there is this like hive mind of like Wanda's like the devil basically to mutants, even though she like may or may not be a mutant herself. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea that Jean is sort of like the God. So in Warcraft Valley, we had a whole plot line where it was like, Phoenix versus Scarlet Witch and like the whole plot led up to this big fucking war of these two god like characters fighting each other. That makes sense. I I feel like the Phoenix is a very obvious one. Yeah. But but I agree. Like Wanda being the sort of other half of that coin who's incredibly powerful. Do you worship Phoenix or the Scarlet Witch? Like the the god or the devil? Like that's sort of how I feel about it. I love that Apocalypse isn't a part of this. Well, I mean, that is floated out there. You could do... I I feel like Apocalypse is a good answer to if it's sort of the Hickman era version of Apocalypse where he is sort of this Jesus-like figure of Mm -hmm. mutants. Um, Yeah. And I, I feel like that is also a good answer. Except the thing is, Apocalypse doesn't die. So you can... It's kind of like if Jesus were like walking around on streets like right the fuck now and people were still worshiping yeah, him you can like follow him i mean there are cult leaders who are alive that people see as godlike yeah like i think that would be more what he's like as a cult leader which is kind of what he's like anyway so it's right. not really a huge change but yeah i mean basically this question is like what if these characters somehow did die and then were deified later over time and it was more their memories or like the idea of them right the phoenix is an interesting choice though because it never really dies and it's more like this other worldly force okay but what i liked what we wrote in our fan fiction series and i thought this was actually pretty good for us at the time was that they worshiped the phoenix because the phoenix could destroy the world and like from its ashes you could rise up and create a new one Uh uh-huh that's cool i dig yeah right like it's like the phoenix is coming our time like almost an apocalyptic kind of way like right instead of like some great reckoning or rapture Yeah. yeah it's like the time's gonna come Will you be chosen to survive or not to build the new world? I think that Mm -hmm. is really interesting. I think they did a similar plot line on the Runaways TV show with Carolina's background, something like that. Yeah, I feel like you're right. I mean, it's it's basically it's a similar thing to like real life cults where it's like people believe that they're going to be reincarnated or reborn in some form when they're participating in a mass suicide usually it's not like this is it it's like we're going to be reborn in some like, way we're looking forward to doing this tonight <laughs> yeah it's it's usually got some other piece to it but yeah i don't think there's any character who i think would like i can't think they would make up like a new character that would be a god that they would worship although i don't know because right now kurt is trying to build a religion that is a mutant specific religion and it's actually a very interesting story arc that's weird <laughs> like kurt would be adorable as a cult leader but well he's i mean he's the they're worshiping something called the spark the all spark from transformers oh my God, yeah it's the all spark nightcrawler had it all along and like you yeah. know <laughs> the decepticons just could not find it that makes sense i mean it would they weren't expecting it to be in the marvel comics universe so that's kind of on them for not looking True. anyway our next email is from elena who, this is an amazing one. I saw this in the Discord when uh, she first posted these images. We People need to join the Discord so they can see the pics here. Uh, but she writes, Hi, Mutant Crew. I haven't listened to the Cruise Control episode yet, but I wanted to shout out the incredible fashions on display in this episode. I also included some real-life versions of these outfits in case you want to dress like your favorite X-Men this summer. Yes, this episode already had me looking forward to summer in November. 
Aurora's cloud dress was incredible. The length made her look so statuesque and the cumulus print was such a cute nod to the more peaceful aspect of her powers. I agree. And Elena found a real life dress that somebody could wear right. if they want to. It's a Mara Hoffman clouds kimono gown. Uh, it looks fucking incredible. Uh, Boom Boom looked iconic in her orange one piece bathing suit with sporty yellow stripes forming an X motif at the back. I actually and love that. And a flirty that. midriff cutout. I love this too. And she found like an X cutout bathing suit. Uh, it's misguided cross front bandage swimsuit. It's really fucking cute. It's a little bit different from Boom Boom's, but it's still a really awesome X-Men swimsuit. Maddie, you would wear both of these things. Absolutely. Uh, and she continues, of course, who could forget Mr. Scott Summers walking around in a bold and blatant weed print Hawaiian shirt the entire episode. <laughs> he really wanted to make it clear he was here to relax, man. <laughs> and I love this. Okay. I love this. And she found a weed pattern print Hawaiian shirt, which I really like, actually. It's really cute. Yeah, I, I feel like you need to buy that for Dina. <laughs> I, I feel like I need to buy it for me and Dina. And yeah, we right. we're matching weed Hawaiian shirts on our next uh, summer vacation. She concludes by saying she's sad. This is the last lighthearted ev- episode of Evolution, but you two always manage to find the bright spots in the angst and despair for me. Oh, Aww. you're welcome, Elena. We tried with those ev- those apocalypse episodes. I know there are people who liked them, and we're probably going to get to some some messages about that. Oh yeah, but, well, yeah. I, I am looking forward to the last season because I really love a lot of the episodes that are in there. I just don't like the last two, but I wanted to follow mm-hmm. up this thought because I know that she pitched this in Discord originally, and then I kind of spiraled off into this side conversation about cyclops smoking weed and like who smoked weed in the x-men and who didn't and like who was obnoxious about it and <laughs> we like we've talked about this before on the show we did like an extensive answer we did, to that we question. did but my answer to this was like i don't think cyclops realized he was wearing a weed t-shirt yeah. i oh, feel like he bought it well. and he was like yes. i like this tropical print and showed up in <laughs> jeans too. like what are you wearing and scott's <laughs> like oh i just found this it's a really nice tropical print she's like that's that's you know weed, what that dude. is right and he's like palm trees and she's just like Yes, Scott. Yes, they're palm trees. <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. It's like such a classic nerd thing to be like, why is everybody so into the shape of this one plant and like not know that it's me? <laughs> oh, good times. I don't know. I still like that when we talked about Beast and if he smoked yes. weed and how obnoxious he would be if he smoked weed. Yeah, I agree with our past selves on that. That was a, that was a previous <laughs> listener mail. People can go back. Okay. Um, Here's just a quick question from Babuti who writes in, is the carpet from Disney's Aladdin also a cloaky? And <laughs> is there a cloth war? Is there a cloth war between the cloakies and the Muppets? Oh, see, I don't think so. Cause I feel like the Muppets are capable of so much more. Like they're like little people. I don't know. I, but I do, I, I feel like the, the carpet question is a legitimate question. Oh yeah. I think so. I think that is, that's gotta be a cloaky. Now that we've established in that episode that he comes from the land of cloakies, which we'll see more of eventually in a listener or sorry, in a mutant ages comic book. But yes, I like the idea that like some blatantly famous characters that we already know could be from the land of cloakies. I think the magic carpet's a good example yes, of that. Yes, I love that. And he was just like trapped inside the fucking Aladdin genie universe. Aladdin cave. I forget what it's called. The Cave of Wonders. Yes, the Cave of Wonders. And I was like, <laughs> yes, I can't believe you don't remember that. I was I blanking. Like I was blanking. I really have to play Kingdom Hearts again, so... <laughs> Yeah, we have to play it again. I literally this morning, I was like, you know what? It's about time that I played through all the Kingdom Hearts games. And I was like, Ryan, you can't even make time to play like 
Metroid Dread and you want to play all the Kingdom Hearts games, which are like significantly Those are longer. Those totally different headspace, though. Metroid Dread is hard. You got to really concentrate. Kingdom Hearts is a completely different vibe. And I think Todd was the one who recommended Kingdom Hearts to you when you were like, I just want to turn my brain off or whatever. Which well, is no, I don't, think he re- I don't think he recommended it. I think we were talking about it and we we're talking about Kingdom Hearts being a great turn your brain game off game game yep. game 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 i don't know i don't even know what's happening yeah this next listener meal is from not mr sinister who writes in i'm listening to old episodes of the podcast and in night of the sentinels part one you say that the dog the sentinel tried to grab is a running joke and that you would explain it later you never did can you explain <laughs> Wait, it what i oh, don't no. know why oh, we said no. that at all <laughs> Wait, why did we say that were we joking or did we really think there was a running Wait. joke with the dog i don't know i don't oh my even remember God, i feel like i need to go back and listen to this because i don't first of all i don't even remember saying that at all like <laughs> why i mean i believe them i believe I that. Think that it was i think it probably was a running joke that you and i had while watching it maybe maybe, maybe. But here's here's the answer. We don't have an answer. We don't have an answer. The answer is there's no answer. But but I guess it's worth saying, usually when Ryan and I watch the episodes, we will post messages to each other in Slack as we're watching it and with like our live reactions to it. You know what I mean? Right. And like you'll take screenshots or whatever and be like, this part's crazy. And then like we talk about that on the episode. I don't remember there being a dog. So <laughs> I don't remember there being a dog. Does a sentinel kill a dog? No, I think the sentinel the tries episode? to grab a dog at one point. Wow. Right? That's dark. I like making up things now. I feel like I have to go back and watch this. I have no Me too. idea. I'm like, I don't know what to think of that at all. Is the dog mystique? I don't know. I Probably. have no clue. Probably. I'm so sorry that we I don't, didn't I, this is, Sometimes this happens. I, sometimes this happens. <laughs> Usually we're pretty good at, at remembering. I don't. I don't whatever. really know. I just like it was funny that they messaged us and I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, I believe them. Okay. So there's that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Right, I'm gonna send you this next one, Maddie. This next message is from Lavender Nebula, who writes. Oh wait, also the you need the title, which is called "Is Beast a Redeemable Character?" Interesting. Okay, so Lavender Nebula's message is titled "Is Beast a Redeemable Character?" and they write. I have a slightly complicated question. After all the unbelievably terrible shit he's done over and over and over and over and over again, (laughs) is it ethical to not hate Beast? He's an objectively terrible person, especially because so much of the current X Factor run involves him doing awful things that are very similar to real world atrocities. But he's also one of the most complex and interesting characters in the entire X-Men lineup. He's not my number one favorite. That spot is permanently reserved for Nightcrawler. But he's easily in my top 20 or maybe even top 10. I'm very uncomfortable about this because he's so terrible and because I've seen some internet discourse about how he's irredeemable, which I agree with, even though it makes me sad, and about how it's wrong for anyone to continue to like him as a character. Hmm. Okay. I really I I don't feel like agree that's, with this I, lavender, I, but we're... I, I feel I, like whatever. that's the I'll people finish, on the internet being assholes, email. but okay. I... I really don't like it when people do this I, with fictional characters, but, but let's continue Lavender's message. They write, although I think it's okay to like characters who are terrible people, Hank accidentally committed genocide, and that's the absolute worst thing a person can do. Accidentally commits well, genocide. Lavender, um, I, I get what you're saying, Lavender, but I think on purpose committing genocide might be worse than accidentally committing genocide. <laughs> but let me finish your email. Am I overthinking this or should I worry about the ethical implications of not hating this son of a bitch idiot bastard as much as I'm supposed to? Oh, wait, we also Please love Please don't feel so bad about this, Lavender. Please. Okay. okay I, first, before we get into this, I'm going to point out that Maddie and I... We like Mr. Sinister. Yeah, I was okay? going to say that. 
However, we don't actually want Mr. Sinister to come to our birthday party in real life. I, I feel like we should clarify this. Like, he's terrified. Okay, if Mr. Sinister came to our birthday party, he'd be busy trying to steal everybody's <laughs> DNA. That's what he would be he doing. Would be and then clones of us would us. show up to the birthday party. <laughs> Also, we're not mutants, so he wouldn't come to our party because he doesn't really care about uh, us. Yes, that we much. are. According to Mutant Age as the comic book, we all have great, great powers. Point. I took pictures You're with right. my eyes. <laughs> right. And I can shoot people with my keytar. What That's am I actually saying? useful. <laughs> um, it is actually kind of useful. I'm sort of like a, a Dazzler meets Cyclops situation. Anyway, um, I think it's okay to like villainous characters. And when I say like, I mean, enjoy their character and how complicated they are for all the reasons that you're explaining here. And this idea of whether somebody needs to be redeemable within the fiction of Marvel Universe or not, there's so many characters who aren't redeemable. Like, all okay. of the characters have been around for like 60 years and they've done insane stuff over that I mean, time. like, we love Logan and Logan has killed like 3 billion people. I know. And like Emma Frost, like Jean Grey, she's destroyed <laughs> entire planets of people on purpose. On purpose. She's done that. And then she's like, oopsie, that was just my little feminist girl boss moment. I just killed a bunch of people. Whoopsie doodle. Like okay, that's Our, our Wanda, whenever, okay, I'm reading yeah, the current. Okay, Wanda will kill a bunch of people and then be like, I forgot I did that. No, I'm literally reading Trial of Magneto where she comes back and like she has all these she creates all these monsters that manifest out of her emotions and start attacking everybody and she's like I can't control them who am I I forgot who I am oopsie I have amnesia and Billy's like no you don't take action for this she goes oh I guess I don't have amnesia it's like three pages the turnaround is that fast I'm like yeah it's like Wanda becomes that gif of Mariah Carey where she's putting on her sunglasses and she's like I can't read suddenly I don't know that's Wanda (laughs) Okay. All of these characters are, if you sort of look at them by our human real world standards, they're kind of morally reprehensible. I mean, but that's not the point of it. The point is that they're sort of allegorical symbols of real human emotions that we have. And those extreme emotions are depicted as superpowers. And that's why it's fun to read about these characters. It's fun. And it, you don't have to worry about it according to real human morals, because that's not even a good way to evaluate Well, here's it. the thing is that like humans make mistakes all the time. And I think Hank McCoy is constantly doing these uh, experimentations because he hates himself. It comes out of yes. self-loathing. He thinks himself yeah. as the villain. He doesn't think other people are the villains. He thinks that he has already assigned this role to him, which from a psychological standpoint, it is to, if you kind of give yourself that title then you like sort of become that so you don't want to like label anything because then you sort of like create a bigger problem for yourself and that is what hank does so i think that hank has just been like i'm a terrible person i'm an atrocity why should anybody even like me so i may as well just be doing the terrible thing regardless of whether he wants to be doing this and i do feel like that he is like sort of that hydra scientist next 23 where he's like well if i have the opportunity to push science beyond its moral limits i will and mr sinister is like the comical far extreme version but also there's versions of beast that we love like in x-men the animated series and evolution where he is he still has that self-loathing but he's also quoting shakespeare and jumping around and being lovable and supportive which i think beast does but out of his self-loathing is where he gets this incredible dark spot that not only is taken out on himself but on other people and and honestly i think that's very real i think that's like a real like feeling that a lot of people deal with including ourselves from our 
past. I mm-hmm. mean, maybe not so much now, but like, well, yeah, it's just that we don't also have like genius scientific capabilities whereby we can like destroy the rest of the world through our own self hatred, which is like why Beast is a tragic character. I mean, it's just it's an exaggeration. I just I don't really evaluate these characters along those moral terms because I don't think it can be done. I I mean I I don't either and. I mean, there's multiple times where Hank's also being called out by, by the yeah. X-Men being like, yo, that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, he's like cutting a person open. He's like, why not? But, you know, I... Yeah. Let me quick, quickly quote some Shakespeare and maybe nobody will notice. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. but I feel like I don't, I don't feel like he's irredeemable. If we were going to go down that route... Or if route, he is, then everyone is. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Like, But the whole point of the X-Men... Well, one of the, I mean, obviously, There's representing marginalized yeah. classes and your found family, but a yeah. big point of it is like redemption is really important within the X Men for all of these characters, mm-hmm. for so many of these characters. Like Wolverine is a hero that we all love, but he's like killed a billion dudes, but because it's for like governments or military or whatever. And he like also doesn't remember it Wanda style half the time where he also suddenly right. gets amnesia whenever any of his exes show up. Right, yeah. right. Or Gambit who's like a master thief and is yeah. constantly going on little like benders where he steals shit that he shouldn't be stealing or any like rogue's entire story. Yeah. Even Cyclops who is definitely killed. He like killed a bunch of people. And like r- went through a child soldier's phase where he was like abusing children essentially and was kind of like it's fine right cyclops is like not a good dude you know i know i mean like emma frost is our favorite example where she's had a complete like redemption arc where she's gone from villain to yes like sort of anti-hero but like i feel like emma's the only character they ever really try to explore that with where they're like okay what are emma's feelings about this and they will show that and Mm -hmm. i think that's something we don't see enough of with beast or wolverine well logan we do see yeah but i feel like it's worth doing that with beast and like a lot of other characters deserve that too i mean they've kind of let mystique have some redemption arcs as well yeah mystique's a really great example as well i feel like that is sort of the idea and i would i'm actually surprised that people would be so negative about this when we have like fucking loki which is like one of the most popular disney plus shows and that is literally a show about a terrible person who tried to literally murder the entire earth and him getting a a redemption arc and everyone's like he's so hot like okay can we just admit that that's what it is it's just that loki is played by tom hiddleston and so people are willing to forgive that but do you think we wouldn't get somebody as sexy or charming as tom hiddleston to play somebody like beast i mean let's be real ryan because he's a big burly blue guy and maybe that's why people are being such jerks about him because he's just a a big blue guy i don't know well don't don't be mean to the big blue people yeah (laughs) also i'm gonna follow this up by saying don't feel guilty about internet discourse because all i can say from the past two months like i mean i already knew the past two months try the past 10 years try the past 20 years but like (laughs) i I think it's because like right now i'm watching cowboy bebop and also i saw the resident evil movie and i'm enjoying both of those as somebody who's a massive resident evil and cowboy people nerd like where they have this this huge emotional meaning to me from my past right and you're just having fun watching these things and like that's fine but the people who hate it which have to be so vocal about it to the point where they will find anyone they can to be like you're wrong in your feelings for liking this and you're not a true fan or whatever and it's like dude don't listen to these people they just don't they're upset because they don't want to deal with whatever emotions that they have to these things so if, some, if people are suddenly feeling this way about Beast, it's probably because they really loved Beast in X-Men, the animated series, for example, mm-hmm. and grew up with him and they love him so much, but now he's done all this terrible shit in the comic books and they yeah. can't get behind that. But because of that, they have to like 
trying to rip apart their feelings that they had about beast growing up instead of like i don't know going to therapy and working those <laughs> feelings out as to why they were so emotionally attached to him in the first place yeah, it's like why are you why are you mad at like somebody else on the internet that you don't even know why like, are you mad about a fictional thing is my question like i find that if you're okay. that mad about you something that, fictional Ryan? we ranted about apocalypse for like two hours sure sure but like also like <laughs> we're able to, here's the thing though it's like on a, the apocalypse stuff we can walk away and be like well there's parts about apocalypse that we do like and we're having fun watching it and if you like apocalypse that's fine and we're not out here attacking people who like apocalypse and there are plenty of listeners to our show who love apocalypse and we welcome it and i sometimes feel kind of bad that we're so mean to him because i know there are people who like also, him also there's times that like in mutant age of the comic book i enjoy writing apocalypse stuff let's be real i yeah. find it fun to write for him in the version that i've created of him and it's mm-hmm. like not that far off from who he actually is yeah so i don't know i just again i feel like if you are somebody who is like shitting on people's interests because you're upset about something about it because I don't know, say you liked it in the past or something, or you had a strong emotional connection at some point and now you don't, or you feel like you've been wrong in some way. It's not really that piece of media or the character that's wronging you. It's like whatever emotions you, that drew you to that thing, like beast in the first place that now you're mad about that. You can't be drawn to that character anymore. It's like, okay, work out what those feelings are. Cause it has nothing to do with beast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, that's my I'm getting off my little pedestal now. That was surprisingly deep. OK, you're you're welcome, Lavender. We really got into our feelings for that one for you. <laughs> well, we're OK, that's that's fair. Let me find something else. Um, Drake writes in any thoughts on Adam X, also known as Vulcan, finally being revealed as the final summer's brother. Yeah, so I agree with the other person in the Discord who responded to this to be like, wait, what? Because I also didn't know this. <laughs> okay, so I will explain and say that they revealed it in like the X-Men Legends series that's just random side stories with like mediocre art. Mm-hmm. And like <laughs> Damn, I Damn <I>, cold. <laughs> I, mean, well, I, mean, I I I don't really feel like it's on the artist i feel like this is a series that is being thrown together really last second in a weird way like i just feel like the stories are fast and i feel like marvel some marvel executive is like here writer and artist make these plots happen and then they have to sort of yeah yeah because i i wouldn't say like the art's bad i just don't feel like like i feel like they could have used more time on it that's it and like that's kind of also i feel about the writing too Mm -hmm. the theories of adam x or gambit being the final summer's brother has been going around for so long that when they finally revealed it i was like oh wow cool (laughs) but i i I never thought gambit was going to be that character because if anyone if they were going to have a reveal of who gambit's father was truly going to be because we don't know because jean Luc is just his adoptive father well i knew it wasn't going to be gambit i i feel like i maybe did hear about this adam x thing and then i forgot it because i wasn't interested this is familiar to me now that i think about it i'm sorry the third summer's brother thing just never was like something i was into we don't need a third summer's brother that's already two more summer's brothers than i don't need because like i'm kind of here for havoc but i don't give a shit about cyclops or vulcan so like <laughs> yeah whatever. and like i i guess it's for people who really like the idea of like mr sinister having even more people that he wants to i mean that's harass, really what it is i guess speaking of which if gambit had a father reveal it's mr sinister let's mm-hmm. be real like I, I feel like that's actually that who feels it is. like a reveal that makes sense right to me it does yeah i didn't even, I, honestly i didn't even finish reading the x-men legends to see how the full reveal came through because i'm just not 
particularly enjoying that series. However, I'm sure some people are, and that's okay because we don't shit on people's interests here. That's correct. We don't. However, we do shit on Apocalypse. Yes, I agree. I think it depends on which variation of him because, again, the Hickman one I really like, and it's getting to that point where now I'm starting to be defensive about Apocalypse. Oh my I'm like, God. I'm like, like, I kind of like, like him now. now. <laughs> I, somebody I wrote this. him in a way where I like it. I love it. this redemption arc for you. Very interesting. I know. We're Very all about X-Men. the redemption arcs today. All right, so I'm going to play a message for us if I can get it to open from Drake. Hey, Maddie and Ryan. Um, this is Drake. Um, so uh, I've been reading a lot um, of Dazzler comics lately. I was wondering, when you think of Dazzler, like, in the comics, like, how do you imagine her sounding? Um, like, is there um, a particular artist or band that you imagine sounding like um thanks and a few times. great question great question i like this question i'm gonna right off the bat say just because it was relevant recently but the lead singer of canons dressed up as dazzler on halloween and if you listen to that music it is pretty it's kind of like the right vibe mm-hmm. it's kind of like this retro wave synth wave music with her voice that i is really enjoy it more that's what i picture i picture like blondie heart of glass like 80s era garbage i don't picture garbage though i picture 80s stuff that's like synth pop um do you th- go garbage do you think she's harder edged no i mean i i can't i i mean i i i'm sticking with canons as my actual answer but like growing up i would think about songs that i would think dazzler would sing um i don't think lady gaga or kylie minogue really quite mm-hmm. i feel like she's they're too poppy for her although lady gaga would probably touch on a lot of stuff that i don't know i think of lady gaga and i relate her to emma frost honestly so mm-hmm. <laughs> even though she's so short compared to emma i know that's like one of your secret fan like what if she played emma frost she'd be an interesting emma i mean you would be you would you would be for it like i i feel like whenever i think about it, i would think about like pop stars that were Big, so that's like Madonna, Kylie Minogue, Cindy sure. Lauper, but really yeah. none of those actually feel like that to me. I'll have to find this Canons clip and throw it in here so people can give it a listen. I'll put it in. The Canons song that I heard that makes me think of her is "Fire for You." I was on fire for you. Where did you go? Thank you, Drake, for the question. I'm now clearly trying to think about it too much. So yeah, just go listen to Canon. It's unsolvable. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I also feel like everybody probably has their own version yeah. of it. And she has been in the films. There was the crappy version of Dazzler in the Dark Phoenix movie okay, that, that you've already canceled out of your mind. Well, that's because she was in it for like a second. She, and sang she a wasn't song. even lip syncing correctly. Okay, but she sang a song. They put her in there. I'm just saying. That's true. She did. We know we'll never know what the song ever actually was called. But she was in there. I didn't think it was right though i didn't like it for the record honestly dazzler just sounds like yuna and final fantasy x2 you know not a bad answer i wouldn't be mad if <laughs> I mean, that was the direction they went that's a very like light frothy pop sound i would be like yeah that kind of fits yeah right all right next question uh lavender nebula writes in today i was thinking about the let pearl say fuck meme <laughs> and it got me thinking 
which X-Men characters should be allowed to say fuck in kid-friendly adaptions. The general premise of let Pearl say fuck is that Pearl is under so much constant stress <laughs> that she should be allowed to blow off some steam and express frustration by saying <laughs> as many fuck words as her heart desires. Who is stressed enough to say fuck? Who gets to say fuck just because it fits their personality? Does Iceman automatically get to say fuck because he's from Long Island? <laughs> <laughs> um... I think Mystique should get to say it. If we're talking about X-Men Evolution, yeah. I, I could see her saying it on that show because, okay, she goes from being the principal, which that merits saying fuck no matter who you are because you're a fucking principal of high school. It sounds terrible to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then also everything else that happens to her on that show up and including turning into a rock because she was just trying to protect her daughter. Very poorly, I might add, but she was trying. Merit saying fuck. In my opinion, I, I could see her saying it in her voice too. She's like, "What the fuck are you brotherhood dipshits doing?" <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely, absolutely. Who do you think should say it? I mean, if we're going with X Men Evolution, I feel like Rogue deserves it. Yep. Like her just being like, "What the fuck's happening now?" Like, "Fuck you, mom!" Like she needs, <laughs> she gets the "fuck you, mom." Yeah, yeah, she does. Right. I could see it too. Like the kids are of the age where they're swearing all the time. It's just they don't do that because it's a that's kids true. Show. That's true. But and in the comic books, it's just literally Logan. He's already doing it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Logan already said "fuck it." He did. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on. In the PG thirteen movie X Men First Class, they walk up to Wolverine and he says "fuck off." Yeah, they do. You're right. And then and I, I X Men Apocalypse. Xavier walks up to Logan and he goes, what did you say to me in the last movie? You said, fuck off. And I was like, okay, we're just doing this now. <laughs> Wait, did that really happen? Yes. <laughs> I forgot that. that well, we're movie. not going to find out soon because we're doing the Wolverine next. But after that, we'll do the terrible X-Men Apocalypse movie. I know. In two weeks, we're watching the Wolverine and we're bringing Todd back. We're doing it. That's right. We That's are. what's happening. So I also thought about Emma for a second, but I feel like she's too classy for that. I, I mean, she would say it, but I feel I like just... she would be very classy until it gets so irritating. She, you know, it's, it's Emma. She's holding herself with perfect stature. And then eventually it gets so annoying that she's like, oh, fuck all you morons. Like, <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could also see Magneto saying it at various points. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he would have any qualms about it. Uh, but yeah, no, I think he would just be like, oh, well, fuck this. Bye. <laughs> fuck you, Xavier. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do want I do want Kitty to get yes. her moment where she can turn around to Xavier and scream, fuck you, Charles Xavier. Yes. I think she deserves that. I agree. Kitty is also like a fun character to picture saying it for like any number of reasons. I, I agree. Mean, I also I also feel like Jubilee just says it like casually, but like not in an I think she's a teenager in the sense where she talks. We say fuck all the time. And I think that's how Jubilee talks. She's just like, what the fuck's happening right now? Like, that's just <laughs> what Jubilee would be like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, Jubilee. I'm so excited for X-Men 97. Me too. That was a good one. That was a good one. This next listener mail is from Bambi Devours. I don't cool. know what's up with that name, but I kind of want to know <laughs> it's more. <pretty> epic. <laughs> <laughs> okay apologies for the less of a question more of a comment post but maddie maddie i gotta say tma is the only podcast other than let's watch two when it is online mm-hmm. where my body doesn't autopilot skip the theme music i always listen to all the songs every time they're so so good thank you oh that's so nice oh i i had so much fun writing those i feel very very proud of the tma theme music i feel like i did such a good job and I don't say that about my own work very often. No, I love it. I love everything that Maddie puts out, obviously, because I've been supporting her and wanting to work with her willingly for like 25 years. So mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I think it's a great song. I sing along to it. I sometimes do an operatic version where I'm like, back when we were young. <laughs> so you you can tune in to, well, I guess now it already happened, but yeah, um, you can tune in and listen to our Xmas carols where Ryan does operatic <laughs> singing like that. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be like, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Right, anyway. <laughs> Let's do another another listener mail, Maddie. I sent it your way. Okie dokie. Uh, this one is a tweet. I don't know who it's from because that's not included here. Oh, shit. Hold on. Let me find out. Okay. The tweet is from... I thought I thought it sent. I don't know. I don't know why it's not saving. Okay. So uh, Coleman Boston on Twitter wrote this tweet to us. Listening to older evolution review episodes, I'm wondering if you two have had the chance to review Wilmar Shiraz's Children of the Atom. It's X-Men before X-Men. Has what's arguably the GLMK prototype. I don't know what that means. And explains that group home for mutants idea in evolution. God loves man kills. Oh, yeah, of course. We've read that. Okay. So GLMK prototype. So this Children of the Atom is the prototype for God loves man kills. Have we yes. read this? Yes. Is this a I book? I have not read Children of the Atom. It's, so it's not an X-Men book. It's oh. just a separate book. And I I don't know what this book is. I've never. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. It's a 1953 sci-fi book. It's about kids who were exposed to atomic weapons and then they become superpowered. That sounds really cool. I kind of want to read this. Yeah. Can we put this on our Amazon wish list right now? Yeah, sure. Let's read it. Let's read it and let's talk about it on the Patreon or something. Well, you can get it on Kindle for free, apparently, if you just join. So wow. there's that. Okay. This next listener mail comes in from Valerie, who writes in, Hello, Maddie and Ryan. My mom and I were wondering the other day why there are so many woman, women with sparkle powers in X-Men. Dazzler, <laughs> Jubilee, Boom Boom. I might be missing some obvious ones, but I can't think of too many examples of this in DC Comics. Mom says maybe the lady hero, Dr. Light, not to be confused with the dude villain of the same name, maybe Starfire. Hmm. She thinks it's dumb because dude writers can't think of powers they can give to girls except shiny sparkles. I think it's cool, though, because some of those characters turn out extremely powerful or beloved thanks to their girly sparkles that are often to explosions. Or maybe we're overthinking it and there's just a genius janitor working for Marvel who keeps scribbling sparkles on writer's notes and we should thank him. Any thoughts? <laughs> P.S. It's been fun introducing your show to my mom. I listened for Evolution and the first couple 2000 movies that I watched as a kid, and she's been enjoying your episodes about the recent movies and TV I haven't been keeping up with. Wow. I'm trying to convince her to give Evolution a try because the new mutants are her jam. She grew up reading those comics as they came up. Thank you for your raunchy gay show my lesbian ass can bond with my misandrous mom over. (laughs) (laughs) I love the fact that a mom and and kid are listening to this together. That is so fucking cool. Like, for real. I I don't know how old these are. I don't know if this is like a Gen X, Gen Z bonding moment over the mutants, uh, but I'm loving it. You know, X-Men is such an old franchise that you can really have like a mom who read New Mutants growing up and then their kid is like into x-men evolution or whatever that's so cool to me i love that um anyway uh now that i'm done gushing about that i guess i have to answer this question (laughs) about sparkles sparkles. i am hard pressed to think of a male character who has sparkles i think this is a gendered power but i love it for the same reason that this listener does uh 
I think Jubilee and Boom Boom. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't hate it. Jubilee and Boom Boom are like, and Des are also my favorite characters, right? Yeah, I mean, they are definitely feminine in terms of how their power looks and seems, but that doesn't mean they're not really fucking awesome. And I feel like that's pretty sweet, honestly. I kind of wish we had Todd here because I bet he could weigh in on characters that are male characters that may have sparkle powers that may not be from Marvel, but just in general. I think if there's somebody who's going to know, know. it's something he would know, right? (laughs) No, I don't know who, though. Please anyone todd or anyone else can write in or tweet at us and let us I'm know i'm also thinking about even with like the she-ra cartoon yes glimmer is the character who has like sparkle powers i know she does and god on the original cartoons oof she really well i they, mean they fix it in the reboot but in the original cartoons glimmer is kind of useless uh <laughs> <laughs> what i don't really remember what she did on the original cartoons she did basically nothing like she just she just sparkled. created sparkles she's like it's now sparkling in here yeah it was not great um i feel like that's part of why they fixed it because they were like we need to give glimmer better powers <laughs> like we can't just have her throwing glitter at people okay but like let's follow this up with the concept that there's a lot of people who hate on jubilee for quote unquote her sparkle powers yeah even though that's not what they had she has and it's like clearly men who don't understand who jubilee is they're just like we saw her on x-men the animated series and she sparkled and she's useless and she has sparkle powers and she's whiny quote unquote and she follows wolverine which she was not when we rewatched it we were like there's nothing that matches up with this like stereotype people have about jubilee on this show i don't know i feel like it's like why people hate the pink ranger like why people hate the one female character who's like hanging out with a bunch of guys you know the pink ranger was awesome and so was the yellow ranger and i refuse to hear otherwise i agree i think it's just people not liking teen girls i've said this a thousand times on the show i feel like that's a huge part of it and it's so just, like do you think it's like basic misogyny that people are associating like this sparkle power with like jubilee and they're like well she sparkles because she's a girl and so therefore she's useless like is that what we're looking at (laughs) yeah no it's i i mean i think it's i think that's part of it but i i also think that jubilee's powers were not portrayed as particularly powerful in the animated series and so i think people don't see her as a a super powerful character and they should but i do feel like evolution's portrayal of boom boom doesn't make her seem like she's sparkling i will say that oh no i mean she's literally just throwing bombs that are exploding in people's faces i don't think most people would describe boom boom's powers as sparkles on that show or in the comics right right 100 but dazzler maybe maybe dazzler dazzler is not as powerful as those other two she can be if like there's enough sound for her to channel into a blast of light but it's not she's not known for being like okay jubilee is like a secret powerhouse in so many ways and boom boom is like not it's not a secret but dazzler it's like she just the circumstances need to be right and that's not the case with the other two, you know? Right. I agree with that. I don't know. Jubilee literally has the power to create a nuclear explosion if she wants to. Like, that's the thing she can do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so much for sparkles, bitches. <laughs> anyway, this next tweet is sent in from Samuel Kesa, who actually forwarded us a trending topic on Twitter that was like huge. I don't know, like a month or two ago about the whole like Avengers versus X-Men thing. And so it was this tweet that said, They had like the Avengers cast posed next to like the Fox cast of uh, X-Men. And so I'm just first of all going to remove like whether or not it's like Fox or MCU or whatever. But the concept is basically who would be better. And so the tweet said Black Widow would give Wolverine that work. 
word Hawkeye going to wet up Xavier. Like that was the thing. And then, so basically the responses were the Avengers are always better because Wanda is way stronger than Jean. I doubt Storm Mm -hmm. will be able to handle Thor. Quicksilver would take out Magneto. So this is just trolling X-Men fans is what this is. Right. That's what it was. But this, the reason it got forward to us because they wanted our actual opinion of like the Avengers cast versus X-Men and who would be more powerful. Well, this is a ludicrous question. It is. It is. I mean, like, first of all, we we visit this all the time in the fucking comic books. It happens yeah, all of the course. time. The, look, the Avengers know they can't take most of the X Men. That's not even in question. Like, okay, the Hulk is I very think powerful. Wanda could. Wanda could. Yes. And, oh, Wanda's an X Men. Wanda's, Wanda's an X Men half the time. I mean, I don't like. I feel like that doesn't even count. Like, you can't even use not... Wanda in this equation because which side is she on, and does she remember who she is? Does she remember like, who she is? Is she interested in fighting that? like why does she yeah do that also be the whole fucking hope story involved wanda training hope like i don't even understand why we have to take wanda out of this equation i feel like i don't even feel well, like if you take wanda out of the equation the whole thing is broken because the avengers don't really have any other powerhouses besides like hulk and well and thor yeah that's true thor is pretty useful but also Hulk and Wolverine work together. And whenever Hulk's around, it just turns into Hulk and Wolverine fighting each other. Like, that's what it is every time. And then Captain America walks over to Cyclops and they sit there and they argue about politics. They don't even fight. They just stand there. Meanwhile, Storm shows up with a fucking tornado and whips them all away. Yeah. Also, like, if you have Jean Grey in the mix, like, let's assume she's alive. You're done. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I feel like just having Jean Grey and Storm there means the X-Men automatically yeah, like, win. Is Rogue there? Like what? Who's who are we even putting yeah, on the X-Men side? How many times Rogue taken out single-handedly all the Avengers and taken their powers or whatever? And like, here's the thing: the Avengers, most of them don't even have like powers that are like like genetic powers. They just yeah, they happen don't. to like have like something. Like Iron Man has a suit. Thor really mainly re- relies on his hammer. Hawkeye and Black Widow don't even have powers, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Captain America has super strength. I just feel like he could be outpaced by Jean Grey any day of the week. So it's like, it's not, it, this isn't even, I don't know. I, it, when people get into these kinds of arguments on Twitter, it's like such a clear bid for engagement. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. Okay, but we keep on doing it in the comic books too. Like where that's like, this is the X-Men versus the Avengers again. Who's going to win? And it's like, like they, it never ends up with either of them winning. They end up having to work together for some greater good because they're on the same fucking side. I know it's not ugh, whatever. I'm not going to say it's not interesting to me because I do think that those individual battles can be interesting if they're like emotionally motivated or there's a specific reason why they're fighting. That can be interesting, but pure power like that's not interesting to me. I just don't really care. No, it's it's not. It's not. And also, half the X Men have been on the Avengers at this point. Like Beast, Rogue, Havoc, Wolverine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Wolverine is like still on the Avengers. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. All right. Let's go to a more fun question from Lavender Nebula who writes in I like to think about how X Men teams in specific eras would react to the pop culture of that era. <laughs> what late 90s, early 2000s media would the X Men Evolution kids be into? I personally think that Brotherhood would love Insane Clown Posse, and Kurt would <laughs> probably be a huge Shrek fan because of the themes about loving yourself even though people see you as a monster. I could see him suggesting it to Beast, who would probably hate the gross jokes in the implied dragon donkey fucking. <laughs> Not only do these things seem like media the characters would generally be interested in, but also the idea of the Brotherhood's kids and Kurt finding deeper meaning in ICP and Shrek is very funny. As people who are old enough to remember the early 2000s, clearly, is there anything specific to that the characters would definitely be into? Okay, so I'm not even going to like branch into any of their 
other incarnation of the X-Men because X-Men evolution is so like so closely tied to our teenage years and like the most formidable years of our life. This is so easy for us to think about. I know. I know. It's like all of them grew up watching gargoyles. Yeah. I I don't really care about like, I, I, sometimes we visit like new mutants and we're like, okay, the new mutants were definitely listening to, I don't know, like fucking like Joan Jett or something. No, they were like listening to something more hard than that. Let's be real. (laughs) Yeah. They're only listening to the Ramones. I don't know. We weren't teenagers then. So like, I feel like it's, it's easier for us to talk about this because like I feel like Rogue is 100% listening to like garbage and like Wanda's listening to Evanescence. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. Well, also they're watching Buffy, you know? They are watching Buffy. And is is like Lance not a Linkin Park fan? <laughs> okay. Lance is probably disturbed. He's probably like into corn like you were i feel like the only person that would be into icp is actually toad because toad's like a little white boy that's like trying to rap oh i could see toad and fred both listening to icp and listening to eminem oh, oh my god yes oh my god eminem fucking g gray's in the corner listening to like dido <laughs> <laughs> why is that so funny i feel like scott would be listening to like blink 182 and like i don't know no i think blink 182 is more of a nightcrawler vibe on that show and like bobby they're just sitting there like jamming to blink 182 and I scott's see like all of them in scott's convertible listening to blink 182 together i think they would they would dig that they're like all the small, small things, things. <laughs> yep you left me roses by the stairs surprises let me know i mean there's other stuff that was popular then right like that we oh boy like isn't this the start of like real world like who would be watching that kitty survivor i mean i i feel like scott would watch survivor and then he would brag to everybody about how he'd be really good at it and he would actually win and he like has a backpack and then logan would walk by in the background being like oh my god this is so embarrassing okay but also like what generation is logan from that he would be like i don't understand this shit because i'm still like listening to i don't know julie london in the background <laughs> yeah yeah i don't like what i don't know where he would even land on any of that yeah i feel like beast would be the one who'd be like going to everything in imax and like insisting it's really cool to see movies in imax all the time <laughs> i guess imax was big then it was oh my god it was no, remember right. going to you're see right. the matrix movies in imax that would be beast okay jam. who liked the matrix movies beast. of the x-men evolution crew i think beast was beast and probably like bobby yeah <laughs> Yeah. No, it's honestly what happened is like the Babel Science, they all want to see the Matrix together and they're like, we are the Matrix girls. And they bought those outfits with the sunglasses and the trench coats. <laughs> yup. Yup. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I feel like all of them would go see the Matrix together. Like, day of and that would be really adorable God, the matrix i there's that new matrix movie coming out so of course yeah. i'm re-watching the matrix movies right now and i'm like they're pretty fun this was like <laughs> like the matrix is what changed like cinema for a really long time but in that time period suddenly every tv show and movie was like doing the slow-mo cam and also everybody like was wearing the cool sunglasses and had like funky hair like mm-hmm. they did in the matrix i feel like and that, i feel like that influenced the show it did influence the show and then i feel like just asian cinema coming here like crouching tiger hidden dragon like that was super popular right. then and like these were the kinds of things we were fucking parodying okay logan was 100 percent seeing that movie oh yeah totally but i feel like he was seeing the matrix you know logan was like is logan even a movie guy like i guess he would go but he i don't know I, he seems like i'm gonna not listen to 
watch listener watching anything because i'm gonna back back into the woods and fuck saber tooth for hours yeah, that seems the I, kind of guy that he it's is kind of hard to imagine logan like being really into anything in that type of way i agree meanwhile there's kitty that's like valley girl kitty so all i can see is her like sitting there like listening to avril lavigne i think she would also like buffy though i could picture kitty and rogue watching would, buffy together and 100%. both being super into it because buffy's whole vibe was that she was a valley girl who got thrust into a superpowered life that she didn't necessarily want and i think kitty would really relate to that and rogue is like the faith to her buffy that's true meanwhile fucking wanda's listening to like system of a down i, I agree with the evanescence thing like a hundred percent she's evanescence oh 100 um x23 oh well x23 what is she listening to she's like out in the woods like listening to a stolen ipod like what is she and, like I, all it's just of? like evanescence my tourniquet on repeat yeah. she's like my god my tourniquet <laughs> <laughs> oh poor laura uh- also you have to remember that this was the era where like anime started to like really get into like the mainstream because of adult swim so yeah who's watching inuyasha who's who's watching cowboy bebop reruns i mean honestly still beast but yeah maybe like kurt and beast are watching that together i could see that i don't know Kurt is like going to circus class like i don't even know what the equivalent <laughs> of that is uh, kurt's like watching cirque de soleil kurt and beast are like playing tabletop games together and kurt is like role-playing as like a kobold in like a weekly D game okay, but tabletop was still like shunned back then which is unfortunate well so were the x-men so they're fine no i know but i'm just saying like it wasn't huge as it got to like i i really no, i know tabletop right. to the early 2010s when we had a resurgence of like board games for adults that's when that happened yeah and it became like socially acceptable to do then but for a while it wasn't right like i feel like i can in modern day jobs i've had people just like casually talk about dungeons and dragons as if like it wasn't shunned for as long as it was and i'm which it's like the being gay thing i'm like i'm like what so like everything that i went through and like got bullied for is like now fine thanks guys like thanks are you really comparing <laughs> dungeons and dragons to being gay ryan you're right yes, finally people who play D can get married legally it, everything's changed for them oh my god it's a whole new world oh my god. okay also who's playing kingdom hearts because that was huge then too who's uh, playing video games well, there was Jubilee, Jubilee was not here isn't in this show. I feel like the new mutants would definitely be playing Super Smash Brothers together. And so would the Brotherhood. Absolutely. They would be honestly. Yeah. Oh, and they would all be fighting with each other, playing Super Smash Brothers, just screaming at each other. That's hilarious to picture. I, I, I like the idea that one of the Brotherhood mutants is one of the ones that's playing Kingdom Hearts in the background. It's like, well, like it's Pietro upstairs, like sobbing, like is <laughs> me. Well, who's the sorry? He's just thinking about like fucking Evan and like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Evan is sorry. Oh, my, oh god. my god. I could see that for Pietro, though. Like, for real, I could see that for him. God, this is like just a flashback for us in so many ways. Yeah, it's just like, what were we watching? And let's map it to every character. I know. Well, I mean, that's what was popular at the time. Like, I know. Resident Evil was big again. Mm-hmm, like, I don't mm-hmm. even know. Speaking of which, I could totally see Rogue playing every Resident Evil game and Kitty being scared and watching her play them. I could see that. <laughs> Because that's what you and Steph did. No, it would be Rogue like playing the game while Kitty and Kurt were sitting there quietly being scared and eating popcorn and screaming every single time a zombie appeared. And like screaming about Nemesis and Rogue being like, I see him. And they're like, he's right there. God, this is so good. This is like what our lives were. And I know. it's just. 
This is a fun question. This is like a Maddie and Ryan bait question where we could talk about it for hours. But I have like other stuff I have to do today. We do. We do. I just I, that's why I was like, I'm like, we can't even think about any other incarnation of the X-Men and what media they would be into because we already like lived this experience with X-Men Evolution. I know. I know. Whew. Anyway, um, a couple more questions and then we're done here. Uh, so another tweet from Ken came in and says, what do you guys think about the original Ultimate Apocalypse? The first version written by Brian Vaughn was a dressed up store mannequin that sinister, a serial killer put together as a physical version of a voice in his head who's honoring their mutant sacrifices what i don't know all right so <laughs> i would need to read this and get back to you don't please please don't okay so i don't like the ultimates universe it's fine if you do um i just i it's fun to read and be like it's a fun alternate universe like it, and that's how i took it I was like, this is not main universe to me. It's not really something I care about. It's interesting to see how they retell the story through like this particular very gritty lens that the Ultimate Universe was. And they borrowed some from the MCU, which is there was that rumor going on. They were like, well, we have like the Hawkeye and the Tichari and like we have Nick Fury from Ultimate Universe and the MCU. But it's clearly they're not doing Ultimate Universe and the MCU anymore. They've just gone off and done their own thing. Mm -hmm. And so there was a period of time where people were like, is that going to mean X-Men from the Ultimate Universe? I, know. I'm like, I remember I we talked not. about it on I this hope show. Not, because those characters like, are no so way. drastically different. No, they wouldn't do that because nobody would even know what they were doing. Like people wouldn't even yeah, understand I it. wouldn't either. But also like that version of Sinister was really weird. Although it is that famous line where Mr. Sinister is like, Professor Xavier, meet your one true adversary, stairs, and then he pushes him down the stairs. Right, yeah. That is... I can't, I can't even picture them doing a joke like that in, nowadays. Like, I don't know. They can't. I mean, it's like not okay to do that. What? It's not okay to push Professor X down the stairs? Great point. I mean, if it, I, here's the thing. It's <laughs> the like, thing is that he would just stand up and walk. <laughs> yeah, he's like, turns out I could walk all along. Yeah. I don't know. Mr. Sinister was interesting. I don't know. Like, if you want to do like a like a one-off alternate universe thing then sure that's fun for this but i don't know i just i feel like that version of apocalypse was very strange well i can i can see why that would be the question though because it's such a different version of apocalypse well also this is like in response to the x-men evolution apocalypse who right. was very different from x-men the enemies it series and then a lot of people were like well we like this version of apocalypse which i do find is fair because in comparison to the anime series where he was like so over the top and ridiculous and this was trying to recreate him in a more he's silent i mean i will say also so we haven't really gotten to know this version of Apocalypse yet. And we never really will. Well, well, we haven't really seen enough of him to say. So I, I'm curious to see more and see if there is something to like. But as it is now, I feel like he's too minimalist for me to really fully get what people see in him. But I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing more. Right. I just, I don't know. I feel like that version of Apocalypse is weird. And I feel like there's versions of him that are good that we've already explained on this show. So, mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> so two more questions. This one's quick, which really should have followed up when we were talking about the Clokies before when Elena just asked, is Dr. Strange's cape a relative of Cloaky or just one of his many disguises or the good version of Cloaky, which means Cloaky is evil. Mm. So I can go ahead and say right now that I don't plan to make Cloaky evil. I think Cloaky is just like, kind of like helpful and annoying like that's kind of like how i see him i do feel like dr strange's cloak though also seems like a cloaky i agree here's the thing whenever we get to the land of cloakies episode that i eventually will write 
my plan is to have Cloaky be like the weird one where like all the other Cloakies are good at giving advice and Cloaky is like the weird one out where like he doesn't really fit in uh-huh. and like that's why he's with the mutant ages because yeah. he's kind of like a reject like the rest of us were because the mutant ages are also rejects because all of us have like kind of dumb powers <laughs> yeah like and that's sort of like what the idea behind Cloaky is because the Cloaky adversary is eventually going to be Pluggy right? right like of course that's how it goes Cloaky's like at least on our side Pluggy's just there to be annoying and get in everyone's butts and then leave while laughing maniacally. Pluggy is evil. He is evil. Nobody wants to hear from Pluggy. Well, and nobody really wants to hear from Cloaky either, but he at least isn't trying to bother you. Cloaky's at least entertaining. But yeah, no, I agree. I think Doctor Strange's cloak is is from the the land of Cloakies. I agree. I agree too. All right, final question, which is not even like a mutant ages related question, but it was put into the listener question, I think more specifically because you are on this show, Maddie. Well, I mean, it's rela- it's relatable in a way. But so Baba T writes in, is Samus empty suit equivalent to Link? Link is literally named as Link to the players and Samus as an early ambiguous gendered robot killer who turns out to be the female protagonist. Transgender Samus, non-binary Link seems like the most rational interpretation. I think they're asking this because you and I talk about Zelda and Metroid (laughs) consistently on the show and uh, LGBTQ politics. So that's why this is here. So basically is the question, are these characters similar or I mean, they're not equivalent. No, I don't think they are. I think that the sort of like trans allegory with Samus is really interesting. I've always thought that. I don't feel like it's canon because just the quotes that the developers have said are too insulting to be taken seriously. But that's true of a lot of things with Samus, <laughs> but I do feel, I do know that a lot of people like take the sort of cyborg aspects of her character and they're like, oh yeah, like that's a cool like body modification um, allegorical story. And that's always neat. I, I don't fully understand the empty suit part of this question because the empty suit, maybe this person is referring to SAX and like that that copy of Samus. I think it's supposed to be more like, because they were talking about Link, right? So oh. Link is like, from the character's perspective and so is Samus and we don't really like hear them speak or talk okay, or do anything sure but I don't think that's true because I feel like Samus has a lot more personality than Link does she she does I mean she has a much more specific backstory and it's the same across every game whereas Link is a different person every single time and sometimes he is a little bit more of a character than other times so they're actually kind of different in some key ways well I mean like the only version of Link that has had a personality was on the cartoon where he's like kind of annoying I I don't know i played skyward sword recently and i felt like link had more of a personality in that game did he okay you might be right i mean he doesn't talk but yeah there's like dialogue options you can like pick that indicate what he's communicating so he kind of does talk it's just that you don't hear him well that's true and i think i think because of breath of the wild this whole non-binary link thing right he's an androgynous guy and also yeah. he is the player right which is i think what the person this this writer's getting at is the fact that the player is supposed to be relating to this sort of androgynous character, this hero, this cipher. Yeah. And that part of it is very similar. And I feel like even Mario is kind of a flat character for the exact same reason, because these are just Nintendo heroes who anybody, quote unquote, is supposed to relate to. That's true, because even like, you think about like Little Mac, same situation. It's like all these characters are playing as, they don't, we don't really know. I was thinking about Mario earlier today, and I was like, what the fuck is Mario's deal anyway? Like, <laughs> why is he there? Did he, he was plumbing and he landed up at Mushroom Kingdom? And he's from, he's like a New York Italian plumber? Right? Like, wh- why? And like, why, why does he is never he go back? Yeah. 
<laughs> like him and his brother fall down a pipe. This is why the live action Mario movie is actually great because it's like trying to navigate what that would mean. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? And it is maddening and it is like as absurd as it would have to be. Yeah, because I love the Mario games because they're just cute and fun. But then like I always think about the whole Sonic versus Mario, which is better. And like, I feel <sighs> like I have a I, I love the Mario games for what they are. And I'm replaying 3D World right now. Right. And so sure. like, what I love great about game. that game is that it does a great job at sort of combining the elements of the classic Mario games, one, two and three Mario World and the N64 game and creating a game that fits into modern day gaming. I think it does a great job at that. But then I was thinking about Sonic the Hedgehog and like I'm like actually emotionally invested in Sonic the Hedgehog because Sonic is a character yes. who has a strong personality and like the games continue to build on that and how I was looking at a Knuckles the Echidna ornament that I found out existed and now I need it because <laughs> Knuckles was like the first video game character that I felt even had a backstory. You know what I mean? So yeah, I do. I don't know. I think this is a weird, not a weird question, but I do sometimes think in terms of Link, it would be great if they had at least the option to play as a female version of him because I would totally do that or just play as Zelda. I'm really kind of annoyed as playing as Link all the time and I know it's supposed to be your journey really helping the princess but also like what if I was fucking Zelda honestly? Like why not? I mean, we could talk about that for two hours, but uh, I think instead we should do plugs. <laughs> That's I my think vote. so, too. Here we are in the plug session. So here's a first of all, I'm going to say there there is no Mutant Age is the comic book today because we are doing a special that will come out in January. That's that right. is going to be just a single standalone episode that you can download. Me, Ryan, Todd as himself, Katie as herself. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. It's going to be Mutant Ages the comic book with two other people on the podcast. <laughs> right, because basically what's going to happen is that we've been sucked into the Mojoverse and we're going to do like sort of a WandaVision parody just to kind of give you a preview taste and that will be the end of season one of mutant ages the comic and then there will be a season two yeah right on i am excited for that whatever that's I'm gonna excited be to record but it. but before we do that obviously we will have just had the holiday special on december 12th hopefully you watched it hopefully you enjoyed but the archive will be up if you missed it enjoy and then next time around we'll be watching the wolverine a movie i've never seen before and todd also has never seen before i don't, I don't even think. understand how maddie has not seen this one x-men film i don't know i just didn't also can we talk about oh, i'm sorry i'm gonna call you out because maddie kept on being like what about the other wolverine okay. movie and it's like <laughs> I think I finally figured out how I made this mistake. <sighs> she was saying she kept on doing this for a while. She thought there was two I Wolverine there movies was she two missed. Movies I missed. And I think it's because for a really long time people kept saying, Oh, there's two live action Wolverine movies. And I just didn't understand that they meant Wolverine Origins. I just thought we were all pretending that didn't exist. And I didn't understand <laughs> why everyone kept saying there's two. And there aren't, I mean, now Logan is the third one. So there's a trio of solo Wolverine starring movies. But the first one sucks so bad. I can't believe people are like saying that. Like, what the fuck are they talking about? So anyway, I thought I missed two movies, but I didn't. I actually only missed one. I don't know. I could not understand why you were saying that for like years. I know. I'm sorry. I had to like edit it out of another episode where I was like, so anyway, there's two movies I missed. I like Googled it recently and I was like, oh, I I only missed one movie. It was really funny to have this conversation, though, because I was just like, Maddie and I have known each other for so long that one of us will say something that's absurd. It will repeat 
read it for like years and we know that the what they're the person saying isn't right and we'll try to explain it and we just let it go until eventually one <laughs> until of us realizes that we're figures it out yeah and then and, we're like and comes back usually and is like wait was i saying this for years and the other person's like yeah i tried to correct you and you didn't know what i was talking about <laughs> my favorite example is like muppet babies yes! which is like maddie's <laughs> relation for any like alternate universe she's like it's another muppet babies situation and eventually is like why do you keep saying that like <laughs> i think i'm right though no you're right it's fair it's, it's, i understand the logic behind it it's not wrong it's not like me well i had to explain it to you i feel like i wasn't explaining it to you before it's not like me last with the fucking x-men 97 announcement where like everyone's like this is gonna come out i was like that's just a rumor and maddie was like why is this the one time <laughs> okay anyway we have to do the plugs oh um, we do this is 11 o'clock it is 11 o'clock so a.m or p.m you'll never no. know Ooh, mutant ages at night anyway at mutantages.com you have so many places that you can contact us if you want to be featured in a future listener mail you can email us at the mutantages at gmail.com you can join our discord server there's a link to join at mutantages.com on the right hand side That's you can right. leave us a voicemail at 1-508-319-1668 and you can send us physical mail to our p.o box p.o box 3344 natick massachusetts 01760 or you can tweet at us or you can send us a facebook message i don't know if we check those <laughs> we maybe should uh you can like us on facebook though and you can follow us on pinterest and instagram and tiktok and keep up with our episodes keep up with our little clips of ryan's wolverine and sinister christmas tree and all this other stuff that we post on social ryan why don't you talk about our youtube channel that's right well so if you just that's right that's sorry right. I, to, I just realized i did it wrong that's right uh <laughs> so if you missed the holiday special fundraiser we did for the trevor project you can catch that on our youtube channel because the replay is there mm -hmm. it is alongside many other things that we produce and put up on youtube including us playing let's plays through all the x-men games which has been pretty useful because people have been tagging us saying they've been using those and watching those because there aren't like other yeah we're playing x-men games no one else has ever uploaded a let's play for ever like for the game gear and then um you can find that on there you can see us matching up clips of this show with the animated cartoon clips sometimes we put up parody videos whether it's of the x-men or resident evil uh, we are doing our monthly live streams on there where we are rereading these screenplays that were unproduced of the X-Men films. And uh, you can even see us do reactions to some of our older videos that we made when we were younger and that we thought were professional like Demon <laughs> or Warcraft Valley or whichever thing we decided to put up there. One day we will eventually watch us do the X-Men dating game. Mm -hmm. But all that is on YouTube. I also have a YouTube channel, which is just my name, Ryan Pagella. It's an adventure vlog, mostly theme park and nerd stuff. So if you want to go check that out, you can. Ryan Pagella? I don't know who that is. I only know Ryan Pagioli. Oh, sorry. You have to look up Ryan Pagioli <laughs> and then you'll find me. No, it's Pagella. <laughs> also you can find us all over the social i think we talked about it briefly facebook yes. twitter instagram tumblr pinterest tiktok i'm at ryan pagella on twitter and ryan.pagella on instagram maddie where are you i am at Mitty myers on all of those places and while i'm talking i'm gonna talk about ways you can support us with your dollars uh we have a store where we sell mutant ages merchandise and i would recommend checking it out yeah if you want to pick this up some hot stuff for christmas or hot, the holidays hot, hot christmas holiday new year's eve present that's a thing now i'm deciding it uh you can check out our store and also year round you can check out our patreon we have bonus episodes over 
over there about all things DC, Marvel, comic book, movies Ryan and I both happen to watch and want to talk about. We do bonus episodes about those things. Uh, Patreon.com slash The Mutant Ages. You can check it out. And we give a shout out to our highest or Patreon supporters every time we do an episode. Ryan, whom... Whomst are they? Shout out to our top tier Patreon supporters, Samuel B, So Means, Soren B, and Zach S. Thank you for being supporters of our show. We super appreciate you. We love you. We love all of our listeners, but thank you. A big shout out to these guys for uh, being our top tier Patreon supporters. Yeah, we appreciate you so much. No crazy voices this week, unless the listener voice, which is just me. (laughs) It's a listener mail. Uh, So the crazy voice is another milk story that we told you at the beginning of this episode. Oh God, except now they're in the milk story they're at the oh, party no. Hurry. and the milk they're just standing there watching the milk move in slow motion as we all just scream <laughs> all and don't go, do no. anything about it like Darth Vader <laughs> who spilled the milk <laughs> want some tea for the milk says Kurt in the background that's bamfing disgusting in. he could have stopped the milk from falling but he didn't anyway if you don't have any money uh, we understand we've been there ourselves but please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Facebook or wherever you download your podcast and are able uh, to rate and review them because that's how people find the show and the other way that you can support us is by sharing it on your personal social media and telling your friends I like this show. We appreciate that too. It's always nice to see threads of people who do that and are like, I like this show. I've always loved those threads. They're really, really nice. Me too. I appreciate them. I appreciate you all. Me too. Uh, so this was a two hour listener mail. Uh, it happens. We should probably do this more often. Maybe. But I don't we're know. We're in bi-weekly world, so it's kind of hard. So. Bi-weekly but thank you for world, writing in. Mojo Vision. Hot <gasps> drinks. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I cannot wait for our WandaVision. I mean, WandaVision, Mojo, Mojo Vision. Mutant Ages Vision. Mutant Vision. All right. Anyway. Uh, bye. We'll see you next time. See you next time. The Mutant